0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Wilfred. what I learned from reading an educational discourse. Like last time, I wanted to first say thank you to all of you listening. This is my second recording, as promised, and as always, your support in this project means a lot. I thought this book was fitting for our second discussion, as it is the most successful book within the personal finance genre, with over 32 million copies sold in more than 51 languages across more than 109 countries. To put that in perspective, that's 8 times more sales than Atomic Habits by James Clear which we reviewed in our first episode. As you already know from the title, it's Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. What follows is a summary of what I've learned from reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. Once again, it was difficult to summarize the various notes I had written whilst reading it. As such, I would very much recommend, if this discussion motivates you to do so, to buy a copy of Rich Dad Poor Dad yourself. Who knows? You may well be the 33 millionth customer. I truly see books like these as an investment in yourself. I imagine that I will most likely not portray Robert's ideas and recommendations as eloquently as he would like, which is why I also recommend that you do what I have done, buy the book and take notes, highlighting key points which strike you as you read. If I cannot convince you to do so, please feel free to take notes as you listen to this episode instead. Before proceeding, I would like to point out that the presented notes and ideas will be out of order relative to the chapters of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you would like to adhere to these, feel free to pick up a copy yourself. However, for the sake of this discussion, the quotes and ideas which jumped out to me have been grouped into three main topics, these being money mentality, assets versus liabilities, and learn and earn. As you may note during the discussion, some of these points are interrelated and could potentially fall under any of these three categories, so don't at me, okay? Lastly, you'll notice that I use direct quotes from Robert's book, building on these using my own experiences or giving my own interpretations. Obviously, because of this, I must also note that the direct quotes I provide remain the property of Robert T. Kiyosaki, and I do not claim ownership any of it, any of these writings or ideas. This ain't merely a flex that I've read it, okay? Cha-cha, let's go. Part 1. Money Mentality Small thinkers don't get big breaks. If you want to get rich, think big. The theory that money is more of a conceptual idea rather than a physical commodity has been debated for many years. The concept of money and debt as we understand it today can be traced all the way back to Babylonia in 2000 BC, and arguably as far back as 3000 BC, with historical evidence of loans and credit in Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, Kuwait, and Syria, or the establishment of gold as a precious or defined metal in Egypt in 3100 BC. It's no surprise then that Kiyosaki claims money is only an idea. If you want more money, simply change your thinking. But is it really this easy? Well, no. But he also states the human spirit is very powerful. It knows it can do anything. I believe Robert's main teaching point here is that the impact of positively changing our mentality towards money will have almost unscalable benefits on our manner of living. But there is no change without change. Sometimes we as humans want to seek comfort. It's in our DNA. We've been hardwired to do as little as possible in order to simply feed ourselves and provide shelter. However, if we want to strive for the big paychecks we desire, we need to get out of the employee roles and into the employer roles, but you don't become a successful business owner without taking the necessary risks. To possess the required level of confidence and self-motivation to take these risks, we must first change our safety net mentality. This theory is reaffirmed by Kiyosaki, as he writes, The reason people aren't rich is because they're afraid of losing. Also writing, People who avoid failure also avoid success. Emotions, then, are core to our financial success or failure. If the brain is as powerful as Kiyosaki and other various philosophers have claimed, then our feelings, emotions, and thoughts will manifest themselves and produce powerful benefits on our lives. Therefore, it goes without saying that you should control your emotions and learn to use your emotions to think, not think with your emotions, as Kiyosaki puts it. Stating further, be truthful about your emotions and use your mind and emotions in your favour, not against yourself. Robert claims that people are always controlled by two emotions, fear and greed. This also gives strength to the idea that regardless of what our goals may be, if we strive to achieve these with greed or fear in our hearts, we are doomed to fail. The best example of this is the age old statistic that 9 out of 10 new businesses will fail within their first 5 years. Sure, there are various other reasons behind this, but it does give creed to the point. However. Whatever your dream or goal is, as I stated in our last video, chase it, and chase it hard. We all know we only have one shot at this. So start that blog, ask your boss for the promotion you and your family deserve, take that business loan, take a risk, and reap the reward. What will you do with this newfound success, money, and power? I won't explain each of the 10 powers Kiyosaki mentions in his writings, but I will name them for reasons which will become clear soon. These powers include spirit, choice, association, rapid learning, self-discipline, good advice, negotiation, focus, myth, and giving. I believe this does not need to be said, but somehow, we as a population have lost sight of what's important, that final power, giving. I'm guilty of this myself. Currently, I exclusively read finance books, say less. However, if at any point in time, you find yourself in a position to help others, I would encourage you to do so. Let's talk numbers. 25% of the United States population earn a salary of less than $35,000 per year, all the while living in a country with one of the strongest economies in the world. There are plenty of people worse off than you. Kiyosaki states, whenever you feel short or in need of something, give what you can first and it will come back in buckets. I'm not recommending that you give what you can't afford to. Pay your bills, feed yourselves and your children, invest and strategize for your future. But let's not forget about the less fortunate. Whatever money this video earns through monetization, if it happens to do so, every cent will be donated to an Australian charity named in the comments with the most upvotes. How's that for upholding my end of the bargain? Part 2 Assets vs. Liabilities There is a difference between being poor and being broke. Broke is temporary, poor is eternal. Before we start this part, I believe it's important to first define assets and liabilities. Most people already understand that assets are positive and liabilities are negative, but individuals can very seldom define them. Luckily for Kiyosaki's readers, he does this very concisely in his book, writing, An asset puts money in my pocket. A liability takes money from it. This notion completely disproves what many individuals consider as their most prized asset, their family home. Since this asset is not bringing in any kind of income, investment properties not included. It isn't actually, you know, an asset. Kiyosaki states that businesses, stocks, income-generating real estate, and royalties are the only real assets, which obviously disproves the idea that the family home, expensive car, motorcycle, or PC, you know, they're not actually real assets. Most of these possessions are liabilities, as they take money from the consumer's pockets. Additionally, most of these items tend to depreciate over time, reducing the perceived benefit further. Kiyosaki confirms this by stating, "...the rich only buy assets." The poor only have expenses. The middle class buy liabilities and think they're assets. Robert claims that the main reasons behind failure to acquire assets are that of fear, cynicism, laziness, bad habits, and arrogance. However, I would add one more, which is a lack of education on the subject. To be honest, I am very surprised he did not add this to the list, as his website states that he has built a reputation for straight talk, irreverence, and courage, and has become a passionate and outspoken advocate. financial education if this is true i believe that it is important to not insult the general populace some people may not have access to the information required to educate themselves due to a lower socioeconomic status or a lack of internet access for example this is of course paid content he may have been striving to be edgy but this was my main criticism of the book so i thought it was worth including however kiyosaki also states that individuals should keep expenses low reduce liabilities, and diligently build a base of solid assets, which is very sound advice. Robert states that the key to becoming wealthy is the ability to convert earned income into passive income or portfolio income as quickly as possible. This is most simply achieved through the purchase of an investment property or shares, also known as stocks, and bonds. I will use myself as an example. Currently, I'm a secondary PDHP teacher. I put 10% of my fortnightly income aside into my CDIA account which is a Commonwealth Bank share account. At the end of every month, I have around $660 to invest in either an individual company or my selected ETF, which is an exchange traded fund. I trade these stocks and ETFs on the ASX, which is the Australian Stock Exchange. These shares and ETFs then earn dividends, which puts money in my pocket every quarter, which is of course passive income. If I choose to have the money reinvested, which is a choice for some companies, most notably ETFs, the power of compound interest will work in my favour and continuously purchase me more shares. That's easy work, and that's the power of passive income. Robert also notes his investment strategy, which, in simple terms, is to invest in an upcoming company on the ASX, wait to double the money, and pull out the initial amount. A sound investment strategy, as many people such as Robert consider these free shares. This is because they can then use that money to do the same thing over and over. My absolute favorite piece of advice that Kiyosaki provides is to use your consumer brain to find companies to invest in, those which you're excited about, rather than simply buying their product. I love this advice and here's why. Say for example, you are very excited about the new iPhone coming out. Let's say for example, the iPhone 13 and you currently have an iPhone 12 Pro. Ask yourself these questions. 1. What about this new iPhone is exciting and makes you want to buy it? 2. Are the improvements to this iPhone necessary for your work, or will they directly allow you to gain more income? 3. Would that $1,500 or so be better off put towards buying shares in Apple? Sure. Perhaps not in the short term, but will it next year when they release the next iPhone and you get the same feeling? And lastly, 4. Will it in 20 years, when that phone would otherwise be sitting in a drawer with your old Nokia 3315? Would it in 60 years, when you would like to send your great-grandchild off to college, or pass on a small nest egg before you perish. This is consumer versus financial IQ brain personified. I've been guilty of this myself in the past, chasing that clout of having the newest doodad from Apple, but I understand that many people still and always will think this way. Read Simon Sinek's books if you question why, but that's a story for another time. Regardless, you know it's true, don't you? In the case of real estate, Kisaki's advice is short and sweet, writing, In real estate, remember, most sellers ask too much. So make offers, negotiate, be firm, friendly, and fair. This is true because people are too personal and not analytical when it comes to their own homes. They associate the positive feelings and memories with the property, and many times believe this adds monetary value to the property. However, it does not. Part 3. Learn and Earn Our spending habits reflect who we are. Kiyosaki names the three Japanese powers. The sword, which is the power of weapons, the jewel, which is the power of money, and the mirror which is the power of knowledge, the latter being the most treasured. This section of the review was easy to name. As Kiyosaki has stated in his book, risk comes from not knowing what you are doing. Also writing, don't work for money, let money work for you. Therefore, this part of the analysis will focus on financial knowledge, which may be summarized by defining two different yet interrelated terms, financial aptitude and financial IQ. Kiyosaki defines financial aptitude as how you spend, how you keep it, and how you work it. How many times have you seen sports stars, recording artists, and film stars rapidly gain notoriety and the financial success which accompanies this, only to piddle away their money on cars, mansions, expensive jewelry, and designer clothes? What happens when these people fall off? Do they sell off these assets and invest in stocks and bonds? Do they downsize their mansion and move to a house in the burbs? Or do they lose all their money, their fancy materialistic goods, and their clout? in one foul swoop, all the while looking like a frosted tip wrapping pineapple, who bathes in hairspray. the (laughs) The answer is simple, yet so many still get it wrong. This is due to a lack of financial aptitude and financial IQ. As Kiyosaki explains, financial IQ requires knowledge on accounting, investing, understanding markets, and the law. Very few people, including myself, and potentially even the author, have a profound level of knowledge on every single one of these topics. However, the individual with a strong financial aptitude and a propensity for financial IQ would strive to enhance their understanding on these topics, rather than splurging on those luxury items mentioned earlier. So, ask yourself, have I bothered to enhance my level of knowledge on these topics, or even one, in order to better my financial foundation? The results will speak for themselves. As Kiyosaki explains, a person can be highly educated, professionally successful, yet financially illiterate. Also stating, true learning takes energy, passion, and a burning desire. Anger is a big part of that, for passion is anger and love combined. This is why I keep reminding myself and those listening at home to chase it, your dreams and ambitions that is, and chase it hard. Chase these with love and passion, with anger. Kiyosaki also emphasizes the importance of people skills also referred to as interpersonal skills, explaining that the most important are communicating, negotiating, and handling your fear of rejection. Robert also mentions management skills such as understanding cash flows, systems, and people in business and in most professions. Kiyosaki also encourages business owners to build on the management of cash flow, people, and personal time, stating that too many people think with their mouths instead of listening in order to absorb new ideas and possibilities. They argue instead of asking questions. If you own a business, I encourage you to remember one of Kiyosaki's quotes. Workers work hard enough not to be fired. Owners pay just enough so that workers won't quit. This is true in so many situations, sectors, and businesses. So if this pertains to you, perhaps seek ways to either motivate or better compensate your employees. You can't drain away laziness, arrogance, or malevolence, but you can challenge, trust, and encourage your staff. You can also show your face around the workplace and ensure that all employees understand the why behind your business. Before you do that, ensure you have one. And if you don't, or don't know what I'm talking about, I would again encourage you to read Simon Sinek's books on the matter. Yes, I realize I've encouraged you to do this twice in this video, and I promise this isn't endorsed, it's just what I'm asking you to do. Well folks, that's it for this episode of Wilfred. what I learned from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki an Educational Discourse. At almost 3,000 words, this discussion has been a long one, and I appreciate your attention. Please know that your support is very much appreciated. If you would, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Please remember to clickety-clack that ringle-dingle button so you don't miss my next episode of Wilfrid. If you're listening to the podcast version of this episode, thank you so much for listening. I realise there's a lot of content out there, and the fact that you found this and listened to it is beyond me. However you choose to consume this content, thank you so much for your support. I hope this is extended to my next one. Until then, stay driven.